This is Author Talk, presented by Author House, the leading provider of services to help authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. Author Talk is a show about new books and the authors who wrote them. It's an opportunity for prospective readers to hear directly from the writers, to hear what inspired them to write and publish, and to hear all the inside details about their books. Here is Author Talk with host Steve Jorgensen. Greetings for Author Talk. This is Jay Douglas Barker. An important topic and a title which is often seen in the marketplace, but one that has a different twist to it, perhaps today. This one titled, Spirituality in the 21st Century. And our author, who joins me from Texas, almost to the, uh, to the Gulf of Mexico, Frank P. Diversa. Thank you, sir, for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Jay. Sir, I understand you are a northerner transplanted to Texas, as I am in Texas as well. Uh, how did you decide to, well, first of all, move to Texas? Uh, were you an author before you moved, or is this something new for you? No, I, I became an author in 2007 after I moved. After you moved here. This book on spirituality, where did you get the interest in pursuing this particular topic? Well, I, I had been interested in spirituality um, for, for many years. And uh, I, one day I was, I, it came to me the idea of spiritual paths, and uh, the concept of a void in people's lives. And uh, I decided to write a couple, a couple of paragraph article about it, and uh, I, I gave it to some people, and they, they liked it generally, so I, I, I eventually I wrote a third paragraph, and uh, I created a website for it so I could easily circulate it to other people to read. And I wanted to get some feedback on it, so I uh, advertised it. And uh, the feedback was generally positive, so eventually I decided I was going to convert it into a book. So I, I sat down one day and I drafted it, and it took me a couple of weeks to, to get a rough draft, and it took me the following five years to, to, to uh, finalize it. total of five years. And would you give for my audience and for me a definition of your understanding of the word spirituality? To me, spirituality represents a close and personal relationship with God and the universe. Just pretty simple and distilled. Yes. And your book, how do you approach things that are different from others in the marketplace, looking for the same answers that you perhaps were pursuing? Is, is there anything about your book that is unique, or are you sharing things that are already well-known, but perhaps you have a different look or different view of it? The book cuts through religious dogma and presents material in a straightforward, down-to-earth manner. It should be easy and enjoyable for any adult to read. And you say it took about five years to complete, and uh, did you you take most of the material from your website, or was the website a, an outcropping of your search for something to fill that emptiness that you say is in people's uh, hearts and in their souls? I'm sorry, can you repeat that? Yes, sir. I was curious. You, you say it took about five years, and you also mentioned you had a website. Which came first, the website or the uh, the concept of the book? Oh, the website came first. The article, the article came first that the website was based on. And that that uh, gave you material that you could incorporate into your book. Yes, precisely. And who do you think is going to find this book appealing? Who did you do write this for? Um, I wanted to appeal to all those who yearn for meaning in their lives and a vision with which to achieve it. And what did you hope they would they would gain from it uh, once they read it? Is it is it going to give them specific steps towards embracing spirituality. Yes.
And what do you want readers to take away from your work? You've got a book that is just 130 pages in length, which is a, a good you know, casual read if you choose to do it that way? Or is it set up so that they have maybe a chapter that they can pursue and, and practice some uh, some method of, of embracing spirituality? Um, well, Chapter 6 talks about steps for achieving spiritual enlightenment. And when you say spiritual enlightenment, what do you think is the aha moment when you achieve spiritual enlightenment? What do you think that particular key or that secret is? Well, I define spiritual enlightenment as representing a deep understanding of spirituality ourselves, the needs of others, life, and nature. So when, you, when you've achieved an understanding of those things, then, then I think you've, you've, you've reached that level. You, you also talk about uh, five C's in your book, or five fundamental principles for achieving enlightenment. Uh, do, what, what would you share in the five C's? Which of those do you think is the most important? Oh, boy, that's a tough one. I would think compatibility. Compatib- you have to have a basic compatibility with somebody before you pursue a relationship with them. And you would use that same uh, concept, I, I'm assuming, to in what uh, many describe as uh, achieving a relationship with a higher power. In my instance, that would be God. Is that is that what you uh, would uh, espouse, that they need to get that relationship first? Well, yes, they need to establish a relationship with God. Um, that's the first principle. That's the first principle of my five principles of spiritual enlightenment. And if you were to talk to somebody that meets you, let's say, at uh, the coffee shop, and we'll use, uh, well, I was going to name a branded coffee, but I don't want to give them free publicity, but if you were there and someone said, Frank, what is it that you do? What do you spend your spare time doing? You say, I am I'm pursuing spirituality. I, I've written a book about it. How would you introduce that book to them? Well, I would say the book is designed to be inspirational. No matter what your circumstances, I want readers to know that there is always a better way to proceed so long as you put the appropriate effort into finding it. You have talked about the difference between wants and our needs. There are many of us that are confused about that, not the, not the, not the idea of wants and needs, but most of us are pursuing wants and assume that there are needs. How do you separate those? Well, wants are desires, they're preferences. Needs are fundamental things you need to survive. And describing your book, was there any complications in in coming up with the ideas and getting those to print? Did you have any challenges that you had to overcome? Yes, I. Um, well, the, the 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 publishing of the book was fairly straightforward. There were some hitches along the way, but I was able to overcome them. And did you find? it to be an easy task once you get started. There were some challenges along the way, but uh, I've done it before, so I was familiar with what, what was necessary. Anything you want to achieve in life takes takes work and effort and, and extra uh, extra commitment to, to do. Would that be one of your, C, your C's? I guess you did have that word commitment in the C's, didn't you? Yes. Now, you talk about intolerance in your book. What is the intolerance? Is that intolerance to other people? Is that intolerance to ideas, concepts, or is that something else? Well, um, it's intolerance to anything, really, but uh, in particular, people. Uh, people can be difficult to get along with. And what is your suggestion in approaching that individual? Maybe someone, maybe it's a neighbor that is always uh, throwing trash in your yard or maybe allowing the leaves to blow over and, and not doing anything to help you retrieve those. It would be difficult to be tolerant, tolerant with an individual like that. 
How would you approach someone that is perhaps not honoring your space in your home, in your neighborhood, and allowing maybe their dog to come and do rude things on your yard and in your flower bed? How would you approach someone like that? Well, it starts with one of the five C's, communication. I believe that you have to express your concerns with the person and try to argue with them reasonably. Frank, as you would uh, take time to introduce this to someone, how would you do so? I would say spirituality in the 21st century enhances your understanding of spirituality life in the world. It guides you through the growth process, providing key insights along the way. It is designed to enrich most any spiritual journey. So your book is an enrichment process. They will benefit from it because of that. Yes. Uh, You've managed to complete your uh, task your book in 130 pages, that in itself is an achievement. Have you written any other books? I know you've written some articles, but how about books? Is this the uh, first book that you've uh, released on this subject? On the subject, yes. And what other books have you been involved in, or have you been involved as a writer? Uh, I've written a book called Young Adult, An Alternate History, and Politics in America, A Guide to the Two-Party System. Fantastic. So there are other things they can find by going to your website, which is www.frankdaversa.com. And where else, uh, Frank, can they get copies of Spirituality in the 21st Century? Well, if you go to my website, I provide one of three ways of, of obtaining the book. Uh, but in general, you can get it through any online book retailer. Very fine. And is there another book in the works that you're considering publishing? No, I'm, I'm just concentrating on marketing this one. Excellent. Well, thank you for joining me today and for sharing the background outline of how this book came into, into being in the marketplace. The title, again, is Spirituality in the 21st Century. My author, who has joined me from South Texas, near Houston, Texas, Frank P. DeVersa. Frank, thank you for joining me today and sharing your story. My pleasure. For Author Talk, this is Jay Douglas Barker. You're listening to Author Talk. We'll be back right after these messages. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. Welcome back to Author Talk, brought to you by Author House, helping authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. Greetings for Author Talk. This is Jay Douglas Barker. Our book today is titled The Healing Desert in the Sands of Time. And joining me from Trinidad, 
is our author, Mona Hadid. Mona, welcome to the program. Welcome. Thank you very much, Steve. Great to be on, on, on this station. Well, you have a, a book here that deals with autobiographical information about your life and a task, or not a task, but a, a trial that you uh, encountered. Share what inspired you to write The Healing Desert. Well, you know, Jay, um, over the years I kept a journal, uh, but it was not a daily journal. It was a journal that I wrote when I was experiencing my sufferings and trials, and I just wrote. There were times I wrote, and most of it started um, when I got ill with cancer uh, 31 years ago. And uh, the funny thing was I never wrote about that, but 20 uh, years of suffering with my husband with cancer, I just, that is when I started writing, when I would go with him on um, operations, and I was alone with him with the surgeries. I just, you know, needed that consolation, and I spoke to the Lord in in writing. Um, after my cancer, too, is, when my deep spirituality started, and, and that's when my relationship with the Lord developed. Hence, that writing and speaking to the Lord um, came through that. And then I had some other experiences with my daughter, who was pregnant with twins and um, collapsed one earlier's day. Actually, it's uh, ironical that I'm talking on this particular day earlier's, which six and a half years ago, I had a very tragic experience with my daughter in 207 Olia's evening when um, she collapsed and was pregnant, as I said, with twins, and it turned out to be a tumor that she had, which we didn't know, and she had a very life-threatening moment when I almost lost her and the twins, and it was through the power of prayer that she was saved and uh, traveled abroad with her. Um, that whole story is in my book. And that was an experience that really taught my heart. And um, so I had all this written. And after, you know, those five years um, of journeying with all of these different sufferings, I started to just compile my writings, you know, not with the intention of actually publishing a book, but just putting it all together and um, wanting to have it for my children and grandchildren to um, have that experience of, you know, the power in prayer and what God can do when we turn to Him in our suffering. You've also and, quoted uh, Mother Teresa in your opening comments of your book, and I, yes. I love this quote. I always say I'm a pencil in God's hands. Yes. He does the thinking, He does the writing, He does everything, and sometimes it's really hard because it's a broken pencil, and He has to shape it a little more. And her, right. her advice was be a little instrument in His hands so that He can use you anytime, anywhere, Anything. We only have yes. to say yes to God. That's a wonderful That's statement right. from her. Yes, and I think, you know, Jay, that is what carried me. I Every time, you know, I said that, I would say the sharpening of the pencil because, you know, it's, it's the sufferings, the desert of the sufferings that we experience. You know, this, I would say, for me, a union with God. And I kept many times in my journey, even with my husband and and, you know, caring for him with cancer and his wounds, I kept seeing Mother Teresa before me. And I, I, I would think, if she can do it, she would, you know, um, care for those people on the wayside who had 
as she would say many times, wombs, maggots, and she cared and loved them and kissed them. I, I, she was so much in my spirituality that it gave me courage and strength to do what I had to do, that I was called to do. And I saw, you know, out of that, yes, as she said, all we have to do is say yes, the tremendous, uh, you know, uh, fruits of my journey and my life that came about. And, you know, I could go on and on, gee, it's been so much that happened since that, you know, my book and, um, you know, the response that it had. I, I, as I said, I started putting it together and then afterwards began to realize that, you know, there was a time about three years ago, there was so much suicide and, you know, drug addictions that just, it was just before me, people were just young people with losing hope. And as I started compiling my writings and, you know, sharing my faith, I I prayed that it would help people who had lost courage, you know, to hold on to hope and to hold on to God because he is the answer. You have and one, one other quote from another uh, leader or another writer that I think is also appropriate, especially since we're recording this on the last day of 2014. It said uh, this... We look backwards in order to go forward. Yes. So we look at some of the, uh, I guess, difficult times that an individual goes through, and we wonder mm-hmm. why it happens. But then, in retrospect, sometimes looking back, we see there was a purpose in in what happened. That's right. That's right, G. And I could, um, I could really attest to that because you know sometimes we 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 do keep looking backwards and we we pine about our sufferings and. You know, I guess it's natural when you're very, you know, it's suffering to to feel burdensome and, and, and as if, you know, God isn't, you know, where is God in all of this? But, you know, again, my story has shown me that, you know, if you pick up, as God said, pick up your cross and, and carry it, you know, God is with us. And in going forward with my book, because, you know, I would tell you that there were times in in writing it and putting it together that I I was very real, you know, in my book. I didn't hide a lot of my own emotions and different situations. And I have seen in that, in going forward and doing what I felt I needed to do, that it has helped so many people that have read my book, have shared with me how much healing they have experienced in different areas of their lives from my own transparency. You managed to write 166 pages, and I want to read the chapter headings for my listeners so they get an idea of what you have covered. Now, this doesn't include the subchapters, so the subheadings, which are quite interesting as well. Chapter 1 is The Awakening. Chapter 2, Working in His Vineyard. Chapter 3, Journey into the Desert. Chapter 4, The Rugged Way. Chapter 5, His Face Reflected. Chapter 6, Purified in the Furnace. Chapter 7, The Journey to Calvary. Chapter 8, Revelation on High Places. And then the conclusion, My Gift to God, It's Not Over. And I think that It's Not Over is uh, a reflection of where your faith is today. Yes, yes, yes. And you know, Jay, I would tell you, when I wrote that line, It's Not Over, I, to be honest with you, there were many times I thought, Mona, that line is, is, Something else is going to emerge. I just felt it. And I prayed and I said, Lord, I hope it's not something tragic, but only good here onward. 
And I would say there is a combination of both going on because from that I have been led into uh, 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 doing inspirational cards, you know, again with some themes from my book as well as just um, thoughts for the day on be hopeful, joyful, friendship, um, bereavement. Those are some of the titles of my card. And then, you know, Jay, I, um, I'm, I'm online I'm, and I'm this I'm, I'm the kind of person that always reaches out and asks people to pray. And in that, my book, I gave that story um, of my daughter that I shared with you that I almost lost. And she had to have surgery for a tumor that was a brain tumor that was the cause of everything happening to her while she was pregnant. And she had surgery after. That was six and a half years ago a nine-hour surgery, and in two weeks' time, I am going back up with her, and she had to have surgery again. There's that little spot that they were not able to get at that has begun to grow again, and I see where the Lord is calling me into a deeper faith again of trust, and, you know, trust for everything else he's calling me to, because as I shared with you just before, that I am embarking on a special needs clinic because my granddaughter from that event with my daughter when she was pregnant um, is a CP, uh, this uh, special needs child. She had twins, a boy and a girl, and it's a great challenge for all of us as a family, um, you know, dealing with, um, with her. She is a little angel, but it has opened up a whole, again, going forward, opened up a whole new journey that the Lord is calling me to. Who do you hope to reach with your book, Mona, and, and what do you feel they will get from your message, your book? I would say out of it, uh, Jay, that it is a book that will give them great courage and a book that is going to show them that God, miracles do happen because in my answer, I received a physical healing of cancer that the doctors had shared with me that I had stage cancer, fourth stage cancer and through my prayer and community a miracle happened and I was cured of cancer even though I had to go through my treatment and I think they would receive hope a, a, a book with tremendous hope and faith and healing and you know that to, not to give up, not to give up a lot of people have shared with me that they have experienced that, um, you know, hopefulness and faith, deep faith. You also have uh, disclosed or shared some of your personal journeys, some travel and some other things, so it's a personal story. It's not just yes. a, uh, a how-to book. No, it isn't. That's, that's why I said, gee, I was real. You know, there were moments I was hesitant because I felt that I, I was sharing a lot of my own personal experiences, but I was compelled that to hide nothing because, you know, again, and, and, and you will see throughout my book, I did uh, refer to Father Henry Nowen, who was one of my uh, writers that I, I have every single one of his books, and he was very real. And in one of his books, he helped me tremendously when I was going through something, and I remember that, and I said, Lord, if I had to write my story, it has to be real. And everything in that book, Jay, is truth. It's my real life story. Nothing is fiction. So it's, you know, people say, well, you know, 
how do you how do you know that God God is um, doing all of it and I would just say it happened to me it happened it's real and you know I could I, I could testify in your conclusion uh, chapter 9 you have a heading my gift to God what do you feel your gift is to God and what is our gift that we can give to God well my gift to God I feel right now is serving him in every way possible that he has called me to because he has equipped me and my gift to God is is going out there and helping his broken wounded people um, going forward in the areas that I feel he's calling me to and um, our gift to God I would say is always to respond because many times we pray and we say, Lord, what do you want of me? And then someone comes along with something and, you know, you're asked to help or you may want to share, you know, and you don't know. And our gift is just saying, give to God, give of ourselves to God, love him, serve him, and be happy with him. The, tit- the title of the book, again, is The Healing Desert in the mm-hmm. Sands of Time. And our guest from Trinidad... Mona Hadid. Mona, where can my listeners get a copy of your book? Um, they, it's available uh, from Author House, and as well as Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, and um, it's online. Most of the bookstores, you know, have it abroad as well as in Trinidad. You mentioned that you're doing some, some uh, I, I guess, uh, commentary maybe on the Internet. Do you have a website yet? Yes, I do. I have, um, it's www.healingdesert.com. Very good. And, yes. And they can I get in touch done. with you there. Yes, we can. And last yes. name Hadid is spelled H-A-D-E-E-D. If you want to do a search online, listeners, and uh, please get in contact with Mona and keep in touch with her. Are you planning a follow-up book, Mona? Um, actually, I am because, you know, that last line, it's not over yet. Yes. It's, I'm already beginning to see that um, a book is beginning to emerge. And I think that um, my my next step in opening that um, clinic, the specialist clinic, which I have already decided to use as my emblem, is the time glass, which was a vision I got at uh, one, one of my pilgrimages to St. Francis of Assisi the hourglass it's everything is about time and i think that when i have um established that clinic because i'm all in the process that journey i'm making that journey now of trying to put everything into place and that um my next book will be you know uh centered around that hourglass and time and what has happened and i just want to say one other thing jay i did also um uh, translated the book into Spanish, which was another, you know, spiritual uh, feeling that the Lord wanted the book in Spanish. So it's now also published in Spanish. Excellent. Mona, thank you for sharing your time with us today it's and uh, sharing pleasure. your story. For Author Talk, thank this you. is J. Douglas Barker. You're listening to Author Talk. We'll be back right after these messages. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 central on toginet.com.
After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler. Vivian McNinney, Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Author Talk, brought to you by Author House, helping authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. Greetings for Author Talk. This is Jay Douglas Barker. The book is titled Twisted Forms of Love, and it's based on a true story. Our author who joins me from Ontario, Canada, is Sarah Salem. Sarah, welcome to the program. Hello. How are you? Very, very fine. I understand this is the middle of winter up there for those of us who may be listening to this at a later date. Um, you are in a small town. Uh, where did this story idea come from? Uh, well, you know, I, I I always wrote, you know, like you can say I wrote my diary and I always read and I love to read. Um, that's all I did growing up. Really. That's my, that was my only entertainment. Um you know, so one day I was having a very bad day. Um, so I just thought, you know, I'm going to put my thoughts into something. So I started writing. I gathered my diary and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do something about that. I'm just going to, it's just for me, for my own. Um, so, um, so I, and then my life, a lot of people have called it really interesting, the people that know about it. And so, yeah, I was just writing just for my own sake. You're um, you're originally from Lebanon and have uh, yes. ha- have uh, spent your t- are now currently in Canada. Uh, the story that you have penned is over 300 pages. You must have had uh, a, a number of diaries or a lot of interesting things that happened to you. Which yes, did you? I, inc- and I understand that, this yeah. is this is a blend of your story and also the characters that you have created in your book. Yes, um, a lot of it is based on a true story. Um, you know, it's just personal experiences because, you know, I come from Lebanon, you know, Lebanon. I was born in, during the Civil War, so, you know, I went through Civil War, and I've experienced a lot of um, events. You know, it's unfortunate, and it's experience. You know, you, you, most people don't even think that they could go through that or just hear about it on the news. Um, I went through that, and um, apart from the you know the war, there was also um, my personal, like my family, which is kind of you know a lot of people could relate, but um, it was it was it was a dysfunctional family. Mm. Um, so it's a mixture of the war, having to you know deal with that, and then deal with my own father, um, the way we were brought up. Um, we were um, we were Muslim. Um, but we were raised, born and raised in a Christian area, so we were minority. And, and I don't know if you know a little bit about Lebanon, it's, you know, kind of, you know, separated by, or at that time, it was a long time ago, it was separated by region. So, uh, or by, um, like, if you're, if you're a Christian Marnie, you, you, you live in a certain area, if you're 
Muslims, Sunni, Muslims, that's how it is over there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so cult- culturally, culturally divided. Culturally divided, yes. Even though um, a part of one country. Yes. Unfortunately, yes, it is. You know, this is how it was. Like, right now, it's not as bad as it was before. That's what I hear. But at that time, yes, you... Um, actually, um, if, if, even if you want to go from one time to the next, sometimes, you know, you have to carry your passport all the time. Interesting. You know? And sometimes people get killed because, you know, of the religion. Or, so you never know what happens. Incredibly challenging. is unpredictable. Yeah, incredibly yeah. Ch- challenging childhood and, and uh, growing up yeah. years. Correct. Yeah. Now, I will mention to my listeners uh, that your name, your pen name, is Sarah Salem. That is not your, your, your true identity. Uh, as yeah. you shared this story and the title, Twisted Forms of Love, where did that title come from and what does it signify? Um, tw- twist, you know, I had a hard time finding the title, um, but the book basically, uh, it's not exactly about the war or the culture, it's just part of the story. Um, so Hannah's, wh- while she was growing up, she had a problem, like, I think her father, like, you know, she, her father was, um, you know, kind of abusive, very abusive, um, very dominant, very um, um, selfish, you could say. Um, and she, she, as a teenager, she's, She's kind of she she's confused with love. She doesn't know what is the meaning of love. She learned to, you know, hate her surroundings, hate certain people in her life, and you know some men, especially you know like she she didn't understand her father why he was acting that way, um, and so she and then she she got she she gets to meet a few men that she you know when when she, when you grow up in a dysfunctional family. You don't know, like, you, cause sometimes you're confused. Um, and some people could show you love, but it's not exactly love. It's manipulation. So Hannah fell for it a couple of times, and she got, she, she mistaked manipulation with love, um, even as a teenager. Hannah, um, in, in your story, is, uh, starts off around what, 12, 12 or 13 Sorry, years old? I should have that. <laughs> no, that's all right. She's 12 or 13 years old as you begin to introduce her. Uh, actually, I began to introduce her as a, a kid. She's seven years old. Seven years old. But it, seven years old. Like, but this, but it's just the story moves really fast. So you know, uh, she she's seven years old, and then she becomes twelve, and then thirteen, and you know, like the story moves really fast. Um, until like you know, she gets to meet her husband, and she gets married. Um, so, is, is your story uh, written for? Uh, young teenagers, or is this an older storyline that uh, will appeal to an older audience? Um, actually, um, um, it's funny you mentioned that because um, I thought at first it will, it will appeal to you know a woman, mature woman. Um, but the first the first person who read the book was was a sixteen year old, and she she couldn't put it down. Actually, I, I, this book was meant to her sister. And her sister, um, she she had exams, but then the younger sister, she she got she got to read it. But um, you know, the girl that I know is twenty five, and she 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 actually read it in a couple of days. She really really liked it. Um, and and so I, you know, and and I gave my book to so many people, even men too. They 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 liked it because it's not exactly like it's you know it is romantic a little bit. Uh, it has scenes of violence also. Um, scenes of war, it talks about culture, you know, Lebanon, um, different from Canada, and 
a lot of people in the United States, Canada, you know, they're multicultural people. So they are interested in culture in general, right? Right. Um, so, yeah, it would appeal to a lot of different people, uh, different ages. It could be, um, actually, my um, someone I know right now is about 65 years old, and she's reading it, and she's really enjoying it, too. Uh, she's Italian, and she's relating to the story. Fascinating. Well, so... Is, is it yeah. is it written in contemporary times or is this uh, set back a few years? It's set back a few years, yes. And not, not many years. Not many years, but but yeah, uh, no. sort of at least in the last maybe the last uh, part of the last century. Yes. Yeah. Now, in your in your writing this, did you have the storyline in it in advance, or was this something that just developed out of the creative process? Um, it, it just developed. I, I don't know how it came from. I don't know. Um, I just started writing, like I said, one day, and it was making me feel much better, and I, I, I did not stop. And I just, I, I became addicted to writing. That's all I did. I would come home from work, and then I would write, and I would stay up till like, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, go to sleep. Um, basically, I just, sometimes I couldn't finish work until I, you know, come home and write more. I, it was just, all I wanted to do. I, I don't know. I never I never thought I had this in me. And so but I guess it is. How, how long um, did it take to complete? Um, the, the first book it took me actually um, five weeks to complete. Really? But you know that's before editing and everything. Yeah. That's a, that's amazing. Well, that's amazing. Uh, of the scenes that uh, developed out of your creative process, which of them do you think is going to stand out to the to the listener or to the reader of your book? Um. Okay, I, I, a lot of people think, you know, um, the, the beginning of the book is, is really good. Like, you know, because it, 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 um, like the beginning of the book, you're developing the characters, you're setting the scene, like um, you're getting to know um, Hannah, the character, her, her family, her father, um, the reason behind her decisions, her awkwardness, um, the reason why she becomes the way she becomes, um, I, you know, a, a bit sometimes too shy or... Um, you are in her thoughts, though. Um, but the but the middle of the book, when when Hannah she when when Hannah meets her husband, um, when everything comes to like she thinks, oh well, you know, I this is, um, you, you know, I'm, I'm gonna be set free. I'm gonna be free from my father because she's really young. Um, she's only a teenager, and all her dreams came crashing down then as a teenager. Um, and the the book becomes like a more like a thriller, you know, like from you know goes from war to you know moving to a different country to yes. getting her heart broken, and then um, when she meets her husband, she has her hopes up again, and then you know, and then everything comes crashing down, um, and her husband turns out to be someone really different. Um, you don't meet someone like that every day, so the things that she goes through with her husband. Um, is really challenging. Um, she she loses hopes a few times, but uh, she keeps on going. She has no choice. Would you um, would but, you would you describe your book as a as a fast paced read, or is it one that is more thoughtful and in, in uh, introspective? Um. Well, you know, a lot of like you know, I um, when I read my book, of course, I. I you know, sometimes I'm, I'm reading about my life. It's so hard to to know. But a lot of people that read it have said it's it's 
it's fast read, especially uh, the 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 second half of the book. Um, sometimes it's it's a little slower at the at the beginning, you know, to just set up, you know, to get to know the characters, what's going on, and then um, it becomes faster as you go. Is there um, is there an underlying message or a, a theme that that pops out that? the reader is going to take away from this story besides just the enjoyment of the read and the story and getting to know the characters? Uh, yes, there is actually. Um, the, theme, the theme of um, the story at the beginning is unfortunate events because, you know, um, and I'm not saying just Hannah, a lot of people go through so many things, you know, in life, you know, war, hunger, um, abuse, uh, assault, sexual assault, um, it's unfortunate at the beginning, um, and then also um, you, you could you could be survive you can say survival too, because you know the characters manage to survive those obstacles, right? Right. And the third theme is inspirational because to, to survive those and become like still normal, it's, it's pretty good. It and is to be able to tell the story after. It it is remarkable. Uh, the, it's a remarkable accomplishment to have three hundred sixteen pages or so on a first. Uh, first novel, Twisted Forms of Love. Uh, are you planning a sequel to this one, Sarah? I, actually, yes. There is a second book to that already. Uh, it's called um, Bittersweet Tones of Love. <laughs> ah. Yes. This um, and it's um, it's actually fiction. Like, of course, it was kind of inspired to, but I started writing and I couldn't stop. And I, I thought a lot of like, people that have read the first book and they said, well, you're, you have a gift of you have an neck for writing, so you should not stop. And and so I wanted to continue the sequel and make it really interesting. And and the second book actually, is, I heard is, it's different, you know, but it's really good too. Well, thank so. you for sharing your story on this one, titled Twisted thank Forms you. of Love, based on a true story. Yes. Sarah Salem has been my guest from Ontario, Canada. Sarah, my listeners will want to get a copy of your book. Where can they do so? Um, it's available on Amazon. Um, also, it's available on AuthorHouse.com and uh, Barnes and Noble. Have you established a fan page or a uh, website yes. as yet? Yes, I um, have a website. I, um, the website is called um, TwistedFormsOfLove.com. Um, my first website, and also I'm on Goodreads. Um, I have a Facebook page too. Um, so I have so many things going, and I. I I'm learning a lot of things because I, I never used to deal with social media before. So I'm learning a lot as I'm going along. And also this website is srsalemauthor.com. Excellent. I'm sure a lot of our listeners will try to get in touch with you. Well, congratulations on a uh, fledgling, but looks like it may be a thriving career. Thank you for joining me today and sharing your story. Thank you so much. For Author House and Author Talk, this is Jay Douglas Barker.